0: Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the Real Life Northside podcast. We exist to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time, and you can help us do that by liking, sharing, or subscribing to this podcast. Check out the descriptions for ways to stay in touch or to get involved. Let's take a look at this week's message. Would you open your Bible to uh, Luke chapter seven? 17 is where we are today. If you don't know where that is in the Bible, uh, look it up in Table of Contents or Google it. Uh, We've got the Bible app. We'll have stuff here on the screen. Luke chapter 17 is where James is going to be kicking us off today. Let me pray for him. Pray for all of us. Jesus, we thank you for these moments together. Thank you, God, that you've given us a chance to uh, just hear from you, God. I pray that you would be powerful, present, that your word would come alive, that you would use James, God, that you would just anoint him in this time, and that you'd fill them with uh, your heart and, and your courage, God. And I pray all of us, Lord, would just have soft hearts today as uh, we hear from you, that we would be responsive and attentive to your leadership, to your spirit's promptings. God, speak. We want to hear. We want to obey. We want to be led by you, Jesus. In your name. Amen. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Well, I uh... God always uses every last moment leading up to the time that I actually open my mouth to prepare me. I've been thinking a lot about this week about things that stand out. You know, when you expect something to go one way and it doesn't go another way. And I had all these great examples of like, hey, there's an idea, there's an idea, and I'll share those. Um, But God wasn't quite done because as I'm standing here worshiping with all of you and one of my team members comes up and says, hey, um, the live stream has always worked. It was working before, but just now it went down. And uh, at that point, it's like, well, that's, that stands out. That doesn't usually happen. The fact that I'm even up here is supposed to be because things are working. Things are lined up. Things are doing what they're supposed to do. And so that stands out. I had another instance this past weekend where I was having a, a conversation with my nine-year-old son. He's so awesome. And the, uh, yesterday morning, I'm sitting down reading. Those of you who know me, you know I like to read. And so I'm reading these two books. And he says, hey, Dad, can I read these? And I'm like, well, what are we reading here? Let's make sure that we're okay with that. And uh, so I was fine with it. He read it. And afterwards, it led to a conversation. I go, which one of those was your favorite? And and he picked one. I said, well, why? And he said, well, because this guy was just telling a story about his life. And I just, I love hearing about other people's stories in their lives. And I'm like, you're nine. Like, and you already have a love for biographies? Like, that's that's amazing. You know, but things that things that really stand out. Another thing that stands out is when, the way that we react to a situation isn't what the world expects. See, my natural reaction when I hear about the live stream going down today is to like, well, I I better get back there. I better like white knuckle it and like fix this thing as soon as possible. But what stands out is when we say, okay, God must have something in mind. And I really believe that he allowed that to happen because I know for, for, for a matter of fact, without a shadow of a doubt, that God has every person in this room that's here Here for a reason, he has a message to tell you because this message isn't going beyond this room unless we reproduce it, okay? If God speaks, then we have to reproduce this conversation. So that stands out, and it stands out when we respond to what God is doing, not our circumstances. See, we respond to God. Another situation, Richie talked about me being here. Just, I came here in December. God brought us here. We really believe that, and uh, I would love to, to know that God was going to bring me here, like, and then have me, like, make the transition. But that's not what happened. Really, God just said, here's what you need to do, and leave the result up to me. So I did that. It led to me not having a job for two months, and then he brought me here. See, the world expects this. Well, you got to have a plan before you leave one place. you got to know what you're doing. Okay, but we stand out when we respond to God. And so that's what we're really going to be talking about. You see that at the top of your note sheet there? responding to God, and we're going to unpack that. I really want to preface this by saying, um, this is not like a formulaic like a conversation of like, well, here's just what you got to do, and here's how it works. Because we're going to read an account of Jesus healing 10 guys who have a very serious disease. And this isn't the fact of saying, well, if you just follow these steps of responding to God, you know, then, then things are going to be fine with you. Because as Richie said, Some of us are struggling right now. Some of you just struggled to make it here, and I'm so glad that you're here because I really believe that God has a message for your heart. But as I said, we're going to be in Luke chapter 17 really talking about um, one man in particular, his response to God. And so if you've got your Bibles open, uh, we've got an account here. uh, It says, starting in uh, chapter 17, verse 11, it says, on the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. I want to pause real quick there because there's two things that we want to point out. One is if you've been with us for a while, you know that we've been in Luke for a long time. Uh, And we're going to finish. We are going to finish. Um, But Jesus has been on his way to Jerusalem for quite some time. He's been teaching his disciples. He's been doing these teachings, doing these healings all the way on his way to Jerusalem. And why is he going to Jerusalem? Eventually, he's going to the cross. That's where he's going. And so that little sentence, he's on his way to Jerusalem. We, want, we don't want to lose sight of he's going to Jerusalem for a reason, and he has a laser focus on what he's doing. The second part is the geographical region that he's in. Okay, it says that he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and we're going to get to why this is important in just a minute here. But the, the idea that we want to capture here is that there's a good chance, based on his location, that he's going to encounter a non-Jew, somebody who doesn't believe in God, somebody who doesn't believe in the Scriptures. And so it goes on to say in verse 12, and as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Being here in the West, we don't hear a lot about leprosy. But leprosy, when talked about in the Bible, really refers to a number of many very life-threatening skin diseases. The fact is, is these guys have been disconnected from the culture, their family, the community. They can't come inside, they're outside the city um, and and really, they have no hope. Okay, there's not really a cure available, and so they're sitting here here together. And I said, probably a group of of some Samaritans, some Jews, a mixed group of people, people who would normally not have anything to do with one another. And the thing that really stands out about that is this: we here have a lot of differences today as we stand sit here in this room together. But if we strip down far enough, we're going to find out that we're all human. We're all made in God's image, and we all have the same innate need. We're not as different as we think we are. And all it takes is for the certain comfortableness or or things, that luxuries that we enjoy to be taken away, and we're now all on the same footing. So you have these guys here who normally wouldn't be around each other. But because they've been inflicted or afflicted with this skin disease, that means they can't be around other people They'll, all they can do is stand at a distance as a group together and shout and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. And as I read about this, a really interesting thought came to my mind. Uh, I, I spent some time down in Los Angeles. That's where I met my wife. And as part of a church there, we had an opportunity to be part of a prayer tour. And uh, if you've ever done something like that, they're incredible experiences. You basically get a group of people, walk around your city, you pray for the businesses, you pray for the homes, you pray for the people of this city. And so we're doing this, going down downtown Los Angeles, and it's great. We're praying over businesses, we're praying over, you know, this person, that person, some great, you know, supernatural things happening. And then we turn this corner, and we find ourselves right in the middle of a protest. I've never been really that big a part of protests, so that's not really my, I'm an introvert, guys. I don't like, I don't like protest. I'm just like, let's turn back around. But we find ourselves in a situation to where we've got the group in front of us is on the lawn, and they're protesting one thing. And then if you look down this street, there's another group, they're marching towards them, they're protesting, and then this person down, this group down this side, same thing, and a group down this side doing the same thing. Normally, these three groups down these three streets would hate each other. But today, they've all rallied together to focus their hate on the one group that's on the lawn. And all that means is that given the right circumstances, Again, we're not as different as we think we are. We all have that same need, need for healing a need for hope, need for relationship really in the end. And so you have these guys that all they can do is stand at a distance. They can't come close to people. They've been cast out from the city, and all they can do is shout at a distance, and they recognize Jesus, and they just say, have mercy on us. And so we read Jesus' response. Obviously, he understands all this. He says, when he, Jesus, saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now, to really understand this, we like to understand leprosy. See, we hear about leprosy in the Old Testament, the early part of the Bible, if you read the early parts of it. And it talks about somebody who has leprosy, if they somehow manage to be cured or cleansed of leprosy, um, they have to go to the priest and show themselves. And the priest has to declare and say, okay, you've been cleansed. There's this huge process. You can go read about it waiting a period of time and making sure that nothing in your house or anything has been affected by this disease that you had. Really, it's, it's for um, their care they have to do this. But basically, Jesus says, go show yourself to, to the priest. So the idea is the priest is going to declare you clean, but they haven't been healed yet. So Jesus is saying, go to the priest. The priest was at the temple, which was a long ways away. This wasn't a simple thing of just go across the street. This is go on a trek and go see the priest. And so, again, we would expect, one, I mean, I would expect, like, you know, why? Why are we going to the priest? Like, we're, we're sick. We're, we're not going to go to the priest. But as we read, continue to read in verse um, 14, it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus tells them to go. He doesn't tell them beforehand. Again, I would like to know what's going to happen beforehand, but he doesn't tell them that. He just says, go, and on the way, they're cleansed. And then we pick up in verse 15, then one of them. When he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. He's one of these guys who doesn't believe in God. He doesn't trust the Hebrew scriptures. So one of them was healed. Actually, all 10 of them were healed. But the story then goes on. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 of you cleansed? Were not 10 of you healed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We talk about standing out. That's that's what what makes you wonder. Okay, not only all 10 of these guys get, get healed, only one of them turns back. And the one that turns back is one who doesn't even believe in God. So the the unlikely person, the most unlikely person who you would expect a response from is, is responding. And he's coming in. He's recognizing that he's been healed. And he comes back. And the thing to think about here is that all 10 of them were healed. See, a lot of people are, are touched by God. They're healed. God speaks to them, but not everybody responds. This Samaritan recognizes what's happened to him he realizes, I find it very fascinating that he recognizes that he was healed. I don't know whether he got two steps down the road, whether he was hours into the road, maybe he was a day into the road. But when he realizes, wow, I don't don't have the skin disease anymore, he stops. He doesn't continue going to the temple. He turns back around and comes back and just falls at Jesus' feet and says, thank you so much. He shows his gratitude and his gratefulness. And so, again, we're talking about responding to God. And so, again, we're not talking about a formula, but there's a few things that we want to point out here as we look at this story. As I feel like really God wants to speak to us. First of all, we recognize our need for God. We all have a lot of stuff going on right now. And I'm not saying that we should ignore the help that's available to us through medical treatments, through different people who can help us out, but we need to recognize that our need is for God. God is the one who can save these 10 guys, recognize this guy can change what appears to be our destiny. We're, we appear to be in a really bad spot right now, but this guy can change, can change that. And so recognize that he is the one who can heal. Cry out to him. The thing about being um, afflicted with leprosy and, and being cast out is you can't be around other people. You have to yell, you have to make a scene. Okay, again, I'm an introvert. I don't like making a scene. I'd rather just be like, I'm going to go to my prayer closet because that's biblical, and we're just going to talk about like very quietly, like, God, you know my heart, please. These guys are past that. These guys realize this is my only hope. I'm not going to be, I'm going to give it everything I got. And so let your quest be known, and let it be known specifically. These guys are very, very clear about what they want God to do for them. And so recognize that God can heal. He is the one that we actually need. Through recognizing our need, let our, let our request be known and let it be specific. What is it that you want God to do for you? What is it that I want God to do for me right now? What do I feel that if I just had this, things would be okay? But recognize the need is only part of it. The second part, if you're taking notes, is to realize God's work in our life. For years, I've missed this because I'm looking for God to answer my request or answer my need in my way. Hey, I know that you're calling me to do something, so I'm waiting for the sign in the clouds to show up. And when they show up, I'll say, okay, thank you. Now I'm going. Or whatever it is that you have going on in your life. The fact is that I believe, every one of us in here, I believe God is at work in your life. You may not be able to see it right now. Maybe you have your own um, medical skin disease or a heart disease or something in your mind that's keeping you from seeing that. But God is at work in your life. We just have to slow down and realize. Like I said, I find it fascinating that only one of these guys noticed that he was even healed. The other 10 were, and maybe they realized they were healed and they just got what they wanted and so they left. Or or maybe they just didn't realize. Maybe they got all the way to the temple and just didn't even realize what had happened. But we have to actively be looking for God to be at work in our life. And I guarantee you that if we'll slow down enough and take time to look at our own life, we'll see that God is at work. It may not be how we think it is. See, a lot of times when I want something, when I need something from God, I've focused in on the way that he's going to answer it. And that's the only way. I'm just, I've got tunnel vision. All I can see is he's going to answer it in this way, and this method, and this timing. How often does that usually work out? No, if you've been walking with Jesus, you find out that, like, yes, he knows my need even more than I know it. He also knows the best way to bring it about. Sometimes it's a change in me. Sometimes it's not that other person that needs to change or that other situation. Sometimes he says, no, like, if you just surrender your heart to me, that's that's the answer that you need. And so where is God at work in your life right now? Do you realize it? Do you need to slow down and recognize and say, it doesn't seem like you're a worker. It seems like I have this need. But believe that he is at work. Know that he is at work because he started to work and he's going to finish it until completion. He's told us that. So we recognize our need for God. We realize his work in our life. And as we saw with the first guy, all 10 of them were healed. Not all 10 of them came back. But when it comes to responding, as we realize God's work in our life, what he calls us to or what he points us out to in this account is that we remember to respond in worship. So many times we skip this point. So many times we're on our knees, we're on our face, and we're crying out, and we're saying, this is what I need. And then God comes through because he is faithful, and he brings about the healing in our heart or in our body, and we don't do anything. We stand there, and and we may be grateful in in mind or or in, in we're thinking that, but we don't respond outwardly. And so remembering to respond in worship shows our, our gratitude, shows our gratefulness. See, it's one thing to have the right intentions, but when we have actions, it means something. As I was going through this account and preparing, I was thinking about, we only hear about the one guy who responded. And we're I believe we're supposed to focus on that part of the account. Jesus really has a value in responding and showing gratitude and gratefulness for what he's done. I had to ask myself the question, if the one guy wouldn't have even have come back. What do you even know about this account? See, when God's people respond, when we respond in worship, it stands out. People take note and say, why are you doing this? They'll ask questions. Why aren't you bad? You look at somebody's circumstance, you look at the last year and a half that we've lived through and they say, why Why are you not livid like everyone else? Why cannot, why, why can you have just coherent conversations with people. It's because when we respond to God, not our circumstances, we stand out. And so thinking about this, bringing it all together, start thinking of things that make a difference, things that stand out when people have responded to God. Obviously, we read about this account. One person out of 10 responds, and we hear about it. This guy's going to be talked about as long as the Bible is preached. They're going to talk about this one Samaritan who came back and fell at Jesus' feet and said, Thank you. And Jesus responds saying, your faith has healed you. Your faithfulness. See, faith isn't just this belief that if I just believe it strong enough, that it'll come to pass. Faith is more of faithfulness. As I obey what God is telling me, all God told these guys was to go show yourself to the priest. If I'm those guys, I have lots of questions. You know, why are we going now? We still have this. Where are we going? But these guys just just went. Okay, faithfulness can make a difference. One guy coming back, and we read about it for forever. Okay, let's go a little bit further, and we read about Jesus had 12 followers. Okay, one of them made their own decision, decided that they weren't going to be fully submitted, but 11 of them said yes and responded to Jesus. They weren't perfect, but they responded, and because of it, the course of history was changed. We're here today because 11 guys believed in what Jesus said and said we're going to, again, reproduce this message that we have heard to everyone that we know. But more currently, I was really struck by a story that came out this last last week, and maybe you heard it because I know it got circulated like crazy. But you talk about things that stand out. There was a student from Liberty University who uh, you guys may have heard this, this, this story or read about it. But I had an opportunity to be on one of those, you know, singing competition shows. And, and she gets up there and they start going through the small talk of, you know, where are you from? Who are you? All this. And they're just kind of expecting the normal answers. You know, I'm just trying to be professional and trying to be a singer and make it and change my life and everything. That's, that's what people normally say. But as they talk to this gal, they find out, and here's the fascinating thing. They go, what are you going to be singing? I'm going to be song, singing a song that I wrote called It's Okay. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll see <laughs> I wanna hear the song you've written too. I'm, I'm a musician and I'm, I've been a lot of those conversations, but there's a little bit of skepticism. But as it keep going on, they start asking more questions and they find out, you know what, she's, she's not okay. Turns out, she's got cancer spreading in her body in three different places. And doctors and professionals have given her 2% chance of survival. And so again, the world expects to say, well, it's 2% survival, like you're, you're done. Her response stands out because she says, I want people to know that I only have 2% chance survival and 2% is something. When we respond to what God's doing in our life, people notice. We stand out. We had a staff training here this week. And one thing that, that was said that really stood out was it's really easy to, to be critical and complain about things. Some of those things are real. Um, I'm not trying to minimize the fact that if you're sitting here and you say, I've got 2%, or I've got less than 2%, or maybe I have a little bit more, I'm not saying that situation's not real. But being critical of something, or how something is being done is, is easy, and the, the real gut punch was, and it's lazy. It doesn't take much effort to not stand out, to just go with the flow of things. Maybe you came in here today, and uh, your plan is to sit here, go through the motions. We're going to sing some songs. going to take communion. I'm going to listen to this guy talk for a little bit, and then I'm going to exit out the back, and I'll be back here again next week. That's easy. That's really easy. What's hard is to take a deep look and listen at your life right now because I believe 100% without a doubt, like I said, this message isn't going past the walls of this room unless we take it there. So if we're willing to take a look at our life and say, God, what is it that you're telling me right now? Okay, that's part of it. We're recognizing our need. We have a need that only he can fill, only he can provide. That's part of it. The second part is realizing that he's here. He's here in this room, and that thing that you just asked for, that thing that you're wrestling through, he's here and he's providing an answer for you. It may not look like what you think it's gonna look like. It may not sound or feel a certain way, but he's here. And he's willing to show you an answer. And even that point, it's really easy to just say in your heart, oh, thank you for showing me that. That's easy. The hard thing is to recognize, God, you've done something in my life. I'm going to turn back around, and I'm going to come, I'm going to fall at your feet. And, and this guy made a scene. I don't know if you guys have ever seen someone fall at someone's feet, but you can't really do that subtly. I mean, you're, you're down face first and there's tears flowing and, and everything. Anybody who comes to that point realizes this isn't a hidden thing. As I started going through this, God just started to cause me to dream. Again, we think about the one out of the 10 lepers coming back. We think about you know 11 disciples changing the course of history. We hear about this one gal who makes one decision and it gets, just happens to get picked up and go, go viral worldwide and the amount of change it's gonna bring, I start thinking about us here today. Okay, if we all believe that, that God is speaking, that God is working in our life, he's calling us to respond, if one person here in this room responds, you'll stand out. Okay, if, if two people respond in worship, you'll stand out. Okay, let's say that the, all the staff team here response okay we're gonna we're gonna make a little bit more noise we're gonna make a difference but as I kept dreaming and kept thinking how far does this go I started thinking okay if every person in this room who we've already agreed believes that they have a need for God believes that God is at work in their life responds in gratefulness and gratitude and worship here in this room if every single one of us responds to God, he can change the city. He can change our neighborhood. He can change our family. He can change our environment. Okay, and here's the thing that I'm so tempted with all the time is I hear that and it sounds all good, but I'm always waiting for the other person to, to do their part. You know, like, like I'll be a better husband when, when when my wife starts doing things that I would like her to do. Okay, I'll, I'll be a better dad when my Child requires only me telling you know them something. I'll be a better worker when I finally get that perfect job. But that's really the, the way that the world expects us to act. You don't stand out like that. What stands out is when someone sees you in a situation and there's absolutely no reason why you should be responding the way that you are. As we gather here today and this morning, it makes sense to the world that a lot of us say there's absolutely no reason why you would respond in worship right now. Your life is falling apart. Your life is a wreck. Some of us, that's a very real reality. What stands out is when people know that and they see that our response is to consciously lift our eyes up as Richie was talking about and say, God, I'm so grateful that you see where I'm at. I'm so grateful that I can come to you and say, this is my need. I'm so grateful that you are capable of meeting that need. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing in my life. And because of that, I'm just going to humble myself and just say, thank you so much for what you've done in my life. And so the exciting part about today is, is there's some very real practical application. And I really want to take a second. Richie mentioned a couple things. There's the notes section and there's also that connect card sitting right beside you. And I just want to encourage you. Maybe you've never responded to God before. Maybe you've never thought about what he's doing in your life. But for some reason today, you being here, you're hearing his voice do something in your life. He's calling you to, to respond. He's calling you to write something down. Maybe it's just like, hey God, I never realized that you had done this in my life. But today you've shown me. You've You've, blessed me in this way or you've you've spared me from this for, for whatever thing that he's doing in your life. Maybe it's writing that down. Maybe you're realizing that but there's more. Maybe God's saying, you know, like, go show yourself to so the priest. Go, go tell someone. Go do something. Go take some next step. Maybe that's what it is. We want to take time to, to write that down. Because there's so many next steps that could be possible for you. Maybe as I'm talking through all this or we're having this conversation that you don't know Jesus. Like, write it down. We've got a team of people. We are here to introduce you to Jesus. If I didn't have somebody to introduce you to you, I I wouldn't be here. The point is, I don't have all the answers, but I know someone who does. You don't know Jesus, put that down. Okay, maybe you've known Jesus and you've known Jesus, but you've kept it to yourself. You haven't gone to that spot of, of making that public. You haven't gone to that spot of, I'm gonna fall down in front of you right now and just say, thank you so much. Okay, that's part of what baptism is all about. Baptism doesn't save you. Okay, but it's you saying like, Jesus has my whole life. I'm gonna follow him with my life. So maybe you've been kind of like ghosting as a, as a believer. Okay, no shame in that. People do it all the time. But if God is calling you to to make yourself known, reveal your identity, don't hide anymore. Join with everyone who is a follower of Jesus. Join on the mission and, and see what he can do. Okay, we've got the tank right here. We've got Devin and Lauren in the back. They would love to talk with you, walk you through that. We've got everything that you need to take that step, whatever it is, but maybe it's something else. We just want to take a moment here. In a second here, we're going to have an opportunity. Matthew and the team are going to lead us in responding in worship. That's musical worship, but we also worship when we submit our lives, when we submit our hearts to God. And so whatever it is that God's calling you to do in this moment right now, I just want to encourage you to pick up that card and write that down. We're just going to take just a minute or two here, and then we'll close things out. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Real Life Northside podcast. We hope this podcast encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. Again, take a look at the description for ways to get connected or get involved. We love you.